I'd like to preach to you today on the subject, Pray in the Secret Place. Pray in the Secret Place. The Bible says in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 6, begin reading at verse number 5. This is Jesus speaking, and he said, When you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in the secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. When we say the secret place, when you read it in the Bible in various places, it describes a, it's a spiritual term to identify the place where God listens to our prayers. It is a physical place, but it's also more so defined as a approach and a motive that you bring into the presence of the Lord. And it's so important because our Lord said, if you want to be seen by God, you want to be heard by God, you want to be openly rewarded by God, it's not done out in the open but it is all done in the secret place. I heard when I was a kid in school, at recess, on the bus, that secrets do not make friends, but they keep them. <laughs> and if you're not careful, that statement can be very true in your life. Really what God is saying is he doesn't want you to keep your life a secret from this world. He doesn't want you to keep your walk with him a secret from this world. There are things about our walk with God that should be wide open. For instance, our worship, that should never be done in secret. Worship is to be done loud. It is to be done uh, demonstrative. We do that here in the Pentecostal church. Singing and dancing and celebrating the goodness of God was never meant to be done uh, in a quiet manner. Our witness, our testimony, our disciple-making was never meant to be secretive, but it was a message that was meant to be shared and open and available with all those who God is uh, drawing to him. But when it comes time to a relationship with him, praying to him, talking to him, God wants you to do it in a way so nobody else knows what is going on. And in Jesus' time, as he was teaching his disciples this manner of prayer, it was very unusual because in his day, prayer was anything but secret. 
Prayer had become an open show. The Pharisees were what Jesus called hypocrites. That is a Greek term for actor. And what the Pharisees would do is they would get out on a street corner, not tucked away on the side of the synagogue, not in a back room in their house, not off in a field or on a mountain, but right out there in the city square where everybody would come by to shop in the marketplace or to go about their business. That's where they stood and they would like to pray very loud in a way to be seen, to appear, to look spiritual. And they would oftentimes chant verses after verses and old memorized prayers, chanting all day long. And Jesus looked at some of these actors, these hypocrites, and he said to his disciples, when you pray, don't pray like that. Don't pray like you're on a stage, like an actor to be seen by an audience. He said, those people have their reward. And the reward is simply the attention of men. But Jesus teaches his disciples, and that word is still for us today, that if you really want a reward from heaven and you really want a blessing, it's not going to come through the observation of mankind when you pray, but only through the observation of God. You see, the Lord, when it comes time for him to observe you praying, he likes to rent out, as it were, the whole auditorium for himself. He doesn't want anybody watching you pray except himself. And that is what we call the secret place. It's the place that's one-on-one -on -one with you and God. I know the Bible says where two or three gathered, there God will be. Yes, that happens in gatherings and decisions and agreements and where peace is made and worship and prayer and all of those things happen. Yes, God moves in two or three. He can move in two or three. He can move in two or three hundred or two or three thousand, praise the Lord. But God wants a certain part of our spirituality where it feels like it's just God and you. That is the secret place. I often get asked questions how do I hear from God? I feel like God doesn't listen to me. I feel like God isn't answering my prayers. I feel so far and so distant from God. And I start asking them questions. Well, how do you pray and when do you pray? Well, I just kind of pray at church. I just sort of raise my hands and worship. And I'm like, that's good. We got to do that. God loves that. He's into it. But that's not usually where deep relationship is built with God. It's a part of it, but there is something that is lacking in a lot of times, a lot of our lives, and this is that secret place with the Lord. In this time, in this season, where people are trying to get things right in their life and trying to set things in order, do not let your life of prayer, do not let your life of prayer lack. But if there should be anything that is going good for you, if there is anything you have got going right in your life, it should be your prayer life. And it's not hard. Don't let this world overcomplicate it. Don't let what the Pharisees did overcomplicate it. But let the simple teachings of Jesus, that anybody can get in touch with God through that secret place of prayer, put that into your life and watch God work wonders. The first thing you got to do, make it a secret place. In other words, when you pray, pray in a way where nobody else can hear. If you uh, have a place in your home where you can pray privately, that's good, but not everybody has that. 
It's no problem. Sometimes some of us just have to whisper. But essentially, and it may be at the church, it may be at the altar, wherever. It's just simply a place where you pray and the things that you pray about that if anybody else were to hear about it, you would feel embarrassed. That's how you know you are in that secret place. When you start pouring out the depths of your heart of feelings and thoughts that nobody else knows about, that is the secret place. Having that one-on-one intimate connection with God, as it were, God becomes your best friend in those moments when you pour out your heart to him. He doesn't want many words. He doesn't want long words. He doesn't want a lot of words. You know what he wants? What is truly on your heart. That's what Jesus said. You don't have to use vain repetitions because the Lord already knows what you have need of. What he wants to know is what are you really feeling about yourself and him? What are you really feeling about his kingdom? What are you really feeling about the church? What are you feeling about your ministry and your journey with him? When you begin to open up your mouth and pour out your heart to him, that's how you know that you are in the secret place and the rewards are coming. I oftentimes get asked, how long should I pray? I understand this, that I know many of us, we work jobs, we have families to take care of, we have a lot going on. Your best prayer time is not when you're worried about the clock, but if you have to time it, I've done this Lord's Prayer many, many times, and I've even done my own little experiments. You know how long it takes? About 20 minutes to do it right. 20 minutes. The Pharisees would be out there all day, but Jesus says, just enough to have a meal. (laughs) Just enough to have a quick little break. A 20-minute conversation with the Lord will take you farther than anybody out there who has memorized prayers. If you want to connect with heaven, understand this, that it's got to come from the heart. That's what the secret place is all about. It's getting connected to heaven from the heart. Praise the Lord. So have the right motive. Have the right place have the right attitude about it, and you will be in the proper place to pray just as the Lord taught us, the place where you begin to hear the voice of God and the presence of God and be rewarded by God all on your own. So Jesus also gives us some examples of words that we should pray. And it's not very long, and it's nothing that we should chant unto him. It's kind of sad in some... uh, Areas of the church world abroad out there, Jesus said, don't make this into vain repetitions, but that's exactly what this prayer has become. And it's chanted in many churches throughout the world. It's not meant to be quoted. It's meant to be used as a manner or as a template of prayer. And Jesus says, when you get into that secret place to open up your heart, the first thing out of your mouth is to call out to God as your father. Not so much approach him in that secret place as the great creator or the great architect of the universe, but to approach him as a father. You see, when you and I have been born again, when you and I go down in the waters of baptism and come up a new creature in Christ, and we are filled with the Spirit and we walk away from this world and get on our journey with him, 
You and I are born into something so special, and that is the kingdom of heaven. You know, we're born in this earth through our biological mother and father. We didn't come here through pods from aliens. We didn't come here because uh, we were cloned. Some of us are humanoids. Maybe you can look across your living room right now and wonder, (laughs) is everybody in the home who they say they are? No, you and I are human beings, and we came here through our mother and father. And to get into the kingdom of heaven, you can't fly there in a plane or a spacecraft. You can't teleport there. You can only be there by being born into it. And when you are born into the kingdom of God, Because you are born, you have a father who gave you life, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And for some, looking to him as a father may be difficult because of your experiences here on this earth. But understand this, our father, the Lord Jesus Christ in his great kingdom, he gave us his word. He would never leave us. He would never forsake us. He would never abandon us. He would never reject us, but he wants to do good in the lives of all of his children if his children would just reach out to him. So every day in that secret place, call unto the Lord as your father, the one who has given you life, the greatest life, and acknowledging him for your spiritual existence, you will start to get God's attention in that secret place that you pray. Amen. The next thing you pray about is his name, his almighty name, the name of Jesus. Tell him how wonderful that name is, how beautiful that name is, how powerful that name is. But ultimately, be sure that you let God know how holy that name is to you. You can say something like, Lord Almighty, may the name of Jesus, your mighty name, may it forever be kept holy in my life and in the life of my household. May your name forever be precious to me. May it never be slang or used in vain, but may it be constantly used in love, in hope, and in faith. And you call on that name, you speak that name. It's only a matter of time before you realize I'm not alone in this secret place, but God Almighty not only hears me, but his eyes are right here upon me in this secret place. Place. I'm telling you, it's real. As a matter of fact, just teaching right now, here in this empty sanctuary right now, I can feel the presence of the Lord here right now. When you call out to God as the Father, and you call upon his name as being holy, you're going to get his attention, and you'll begin to have him working in your life like he wants to. Then pray about his great kingdom. Talk about his great kingdom. A lot of it is his church, what the church is doing. That's what the kingdom of God is working through, through his church, the powers of heaven manifesting through the church. Start talking about miracles, believing for miracles, hoping for miracles. And then ultimately, the kingdom of heaven is open for all. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning the kingdom of heaven is open for citizenship. It's open for those who want to be a part of it. Everyone's invited. You've just got to accept it. Start calling on the Lord for disciples to be made. Start mentioning the names of those in the church maybe who are going through a hard time. 
And when you are mindful of the kingdom of God before your own world and your own needs in the kingdom, you better believe you're going to get the attention of God in that secret place where you are at. Praise the Lord. Next off, you pray for his almighty will to be done in your life. You know, that's a powerful thing to do. Easier said than done sometimes. I think sometimes when we want an answer from God, we already have this predetermined idea of what God is going to say when we ask him a question. But if you really want to know what God wants, then you've got to really want what God wants. And let me tell you, I can testify to this personally. I've tried it my own way, and I fail every time. But if I stay in God's will and his plan in my life, there is always a reward at the end of that journey. Praise the Lord. So find out what his will is. You want God's will in your life? Pray about it. If you feel out of the will, start getting in that secret place. You'll find his will for your life. You'll get into his plan of action. You'll get into his destiny for your soul. This is the importance and the benefits of the secret place. Amen. So you pray for his kingdom. You pray for his will. And then you ask the Lord, whatever's going on up in heaven, let it be done here upon the earth. I really like that. Because heaven is our future eternity with him forever. Not only to be with the Lord Jesus Christ himself face to face, but then to also experience heaven, that eternal realm where the Spirit of God is. Having the powers of heaven happen in your life is so special. Maybe right now where you're watching, you feel like you're going through a lot of hell. <laughs> Maybe as it were, you've been praying and living, let it be here in my life as it is in hell. Maybe those around you are living that way and it's attracting, as it were, the elements of hell. My friend, Jesus came to bring heaven to us if you're hungry to have heaven in your life, you can access this through the secret place by calling out to the Father, by calling on his name, by putting his kingdom first, by truly desiring his will, and then truly developing a connection and a love with heaven. You can start having heaven in your life. In heaven, there is perfect peace. And I think that's what this generation wants this is a generation that is bombarded with things from this world that cause fear, anxiety, and depression. Things that cause darkness, oppression, and hopelessness. But if you can get heaven in your world and in your life, all of those things vanish. And it comes through being in that secret place where God will see you and where he will hear you. He also said, pray, give us this day our daily bread. That was something, going back to the hypocrites, that was something that they would never pray. They were kind of a year-to-year -year type people. They just believed that they had enough money always to sustain them for a year or a couple years. They weren't day-to-day -day type people, but just believed that God always had his hand and his almighty provision was on them on their lives for years to come. But Jesus, as it were, is saying, don't ever take God's provision for granted, but you need to be thankful every single day for just even your bread. 
I know there's a spiritual aspect to this. It's his word speaking to you. Man won't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we need his word, but I also believe it refers to the physical. We need to be praying to God every single day for his provision, for us to have substance to live. That's what God wants us to be. And you think about this, as most of you watching this are probably adults. You know, when your young child uh, gets up in the morning, do they need to beg you for breakfast? Hopefully not. Most of the time, no, they don't need to beg you for breakfast. It is just your duty as a parent. It's just in your heart. You get up and you make them breakfast because it's your responsibility, and you know that your child needs breakfast. They don't have to ask for breakfast. They don't have to beg for breakfast. You're going to do it. But what makes it so special for you and for you want to keep up, keep getting up morning after morning and making their breakfast after they're done and they look at you and say, Mommy or Daddy, thank you so much. That was so delicious. Never forget that you and I as adults are children in the eyes of God. And anytime the Lord provides something for you, does something special for you, helps you, does something important in your life, if you will just simply take time to say thank you and to acknowledge him, that is when more and more blessings are going to come your way. But if you have the idea like the Pharisees, you know, I am rich because of myself. Everything that I have is because of me. Uh. Watch God back way up from your life. But if you begin to thank him and to call out to him to be the provider in your life, watch provisions come down from heaven. Just like Israel got to experience in the wilderness, the land with no water, a land where you couldn't grow crops in a desert, but manna appeared to them out of heaven. Watch God make things from heaven appear in your life for provisions for you. So if you feel like you're lacking in this season of your life, begin to call out to the Lord and see him provide and make a way for you always. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's the power of the secret place. The next thing God says is ask him to forgive you of your trespasses. Mm. If you're dealing with guilt, if you're dealing with shame, you need to get to the secret place and include the prayers of repentance and asking God for forgiveness in your life. Praise God. I think so many of us forget to pray that. It's like we think it's just a one and done type of thing. It's only a one-time experience, but oh no, God wants to forgive over and over. You know, there's no world, real way of keeping the peace. That's why Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. You make peace. There's no way to avoid conflict. There's no way to avoid trouble. There's no way to ultimately avoid of, of, of getting out of line sometimes in, in, in God's word and his way. But we always, all of us, I don't care how long you've been in church, you need to learn how to pray the prayers of forgiveness and making sure there is nothing wrong between you and the Lord. That may be the hindrance that you're feeling in your walk with God right now, to be honest with you. You may be feeling like there's a barrier between you and God. It could be there's something that you've got to confess to him. It could be something that you need forgiveness for, and you begin to explore that. He'll reveal that. And once you make that happen, watch God begin to bless your life. Praise the Lord. He then says, pray 
and ask God to help you to forgive those who have trespassed or in debt to you. This is a difficult one, I understand. I know some are dealing with things, people that I've helped in pastoral care, trying to find a, some type of way to forgive those who have offended them. Can I tell you this? God wants to help you with that. I know this can be difficult, but with God's help, you can forgive those who have offended you. You can forgive those who have trespassed against you. And it's never just a one-time thing. It's what I call maintaining forgiveness. Rarely do you have to just forgive a person one time of what they did. A lot of times, old feelings and traumas, they'll surface from time to time, year after year. Take those feelings to the secret place and wash God. Watch God wash them all away. That's what he wants to do, to have that continued flow of maintaining forgiveness in your life. Praise the Lord. He then says, lastly, you need to pray. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is one of the, I think, strongest points of what you can benefit from in that secret place with God. Maybe you're dealing with an ongoing sin in your life, an ongoing habit that you are just trying to get rid of. You can pray your way out of bad habits, especially in that secret place. When it's just you and God, he'll start taking things from you that you want gone out of your life. And it's just simply praying, God, do not lead me into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. You know, I hear people oftentimes they come up for prayer and they want deliverance from something. And I'm like, you know, if it's the devil, yes, we can pray against that and we'll cast him out. But if it's you, if it's coming from your flesh, I can't cast your flesh off. You know, you'll die. But what we can do is ask God to keep temptation out of our path. The life that we live, he can direct us and guide our steps to keep us away from the tempter. God knows where the evil one is. And in that secret place, if you're going through spiritual warfare right now, asking God for help to be directed in your path, in your life, it'll keep demons, it'll keep unclean spirits away from you and away from your family. And then lastly, it's not so much a petition, but rather a proclamation you proclaim to Jesus Christ that the kingdom and the power and the glory is yours forever. It's forever. Amen. Highlight these verses in your Bible. Keep them close. Sometimes when you sit down to pray and you don't know what to pray, open it up to Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13, and you've got the prayer right there. I've prayed this prayer so many times, and it's never been the same any of those times. It's always different because there's always something else that comes up. Praying the kingdom of God in my life changes from season to season. Praying his will changes from season to season. Forgiveness changes season to season. But if you will keep these principles, if you will apply them, you will develop a close relationship with God. That's what the Life Church is all about. It is to help people spend time with God, to find God, and to find other people that are trying to find God. Amen. We love you so much. Thank you so much for giving us your time to hear the word of God. 
We pray that all of you develop the habit of getting into that secret place every day. One more time, let's pray together. Lord, I just pray for every individual right now and for every family watching that their home or their car, Lord, or in a hotel room, Lord, wherever they may be at right now, that you would meet them in a special place. And that is your secret place. May we seek you, Lord, in a way, God, that is so personal just between us and you. I pray, Lord, that the revelation that you gave us of prayer would become so clear to us and such a regular thing for us. Lord, this world needs a church that is connected to heaven. This world needs a church that knows how to pray. They're hungry for it. And I ask you, Lord God, never let us get away from prayer, but pull in our hearts to do it and to live it and to become it and to never, Lord, cease from prayer. Let it always be in our routine. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty name.